Come with me. Play with me. Come with me. See with me. Join me. Forgive me. Hear me. Worship me. Follow me. Listen. Listen. Taste me. Join me. Follow me. Play with me. Listen. The Fantastic Voyage of Grindel Wollaston welcomes you to the Fantastic Voyage of Grindel Wollaston. Entry the sensory experience. Welcome. Fantastic Voyage of Grindel Wollaston welcomes you to episode 2. Do you dare enter the House of Horror? It's a wet and wild night out there, coming out of the cold. Welcome. Nice to meet you. Please come in. Dump your coat on the floor there. No, not there. By the hat stand. What do you mean you haven't got a coat? What would you call this then? Skin? No, 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 no. I can't see it catching on. It's all clammy, like wet cheese. I'll go get a mop. No, wait. If this is your first visit, you won't have had the grand tour. There is much to make up for. Follow me. Of course, you've met the hallway already. A temperamental space perpetually stuck between the elements and the insides. Of all the rooms, the hallway must see the most faces, and yet know the fewest. A sad life punctuated by greetings and farewells. Imagine being a hallway in a hotel. You get more people going in and out of you than a whore in a bank holiday. You see that door? It's 100% solid rubber. When the house burnt down in 1756, they say that this door was the only thing left to survive. But they were wrong. If you come this way, we'll go through into the main hall. You must be quite sick of the cold, especially now you're coatless. Would you like to take your trousers off as well? No? Later perhaps. There's always time. Here we have the hall. Please come in. Come in and warm yourself by the fire. Hang on. There's not meant to be a fire there. I have central heating. No matter. Let me introduce you to my art collection. Some truly fine specimens. Have a look at that brushwork. Such finesse, wouldn't you agree? That's the Duchess over there. Doesn't she have handsome jowls? That particular portrait was painted just before her death, or a long time after her birth, if it was painted at all. Perhaps she's sitting behind a window. That would explain the moving eyes, after all. Let me tell you a little more about the Duchess. During the war, she slept with the butcher twice a week. Higgins was his name. Dwayne Higgins. Such a greasy, hulking brute. In return for her rather salacious efforts in the trousers department, he gave her the choicest cuts of meats, the steaks, 
steak. The bacons. Oh, bacon. And the entrails. Ah, the entrails. Mm. Most importantly, the entrails. And soon she fell quite in love with him and his meat. After the war, of course, she became a vegetarian. We all did. It was the 40s. But she never had the heart to tell him. He gave her more and more meat. So much meat! And she had no choice but to begin stockpiling it in a dressing table by her bed. They say the stench was awful. He never noticed. But then his stench was permanent. That was what attracted her to him in the first place. But enough of art. You're hearing a darker purpose, I shouldn't wonder. Car broken? Phone not working? No other buildings for miles? I've heard the story many times. How lucky for you to have found my humble abode. Not many do, and fewer still live to tell the tale. I must apologise for the mess. You see, we had a tempest come through here just the other day, and you know how they can be. It left things a little untidy. The hurricane was not happy. he just got things as he wanted it. I'm afraid the fruit bowl has seen better days. Here, have a dressing gown. You'll have to bring your own luggage. My servants are away at the moment, on loan at Wellston Manor. I can't blame them, of course. They're given two square meals a day over there, while I can only afford to give them one triangle and a rhombus, if they're lucky. And they said Euclidean dinners would never catch on. I'm never happier than when I've got a well-seasoned trapezoid resting nicely in my lower intestine. Good for the stool! And my stool is consistently well-formed. It would be a shame for it not to be. You could set your watch to my bowel movement, though why you'd want to is quite another matter entirely. Quartz is a lot less messy. Speaking of food, are you hungry? You'll be needing something if you're planning on staying the night here. I know I wouldn't want to face him on an empty stomach. What say we make a detour to the larder? Or should that be pantry? Where else would they grow? Knicker bushes? Don't worry, I have plenty of food. We slayed a charming stoat this morning, and there's a sack of evil turnips waiting to be exercised. It's this way. Try to step over the cracks, or you'll break your back. I've tried to have this fixed, but the health insurance for the workmen nearly bankrupted me. Hmm. Well, this is interesting. There are little footprints in the butter, and little tooth marks in the cheese, and little... Well, <laughs> we needn't mention that, but it's in the pate. My nipples are tingling. I'm not in the good way. I may have to take them off for a minute. Excuse me. I think we're dealing with demons. Malevolent kitchen demons, who from the look of things may be lactose intolerant. Well, this is a dire situation. There's only one reasonable hope to get rid of them. Come, chant with me. Milky, milky, dairy fresh. 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 Milky, milky, dairy fresh.
I got cheese, I got all types of brie If you're not careful, you touch my carefully There's a whole wheel of cheddar just hiding in my cellar I ain't got a buffalo, but I got some mozzarella I drain the sucker off, cause wetter isn't better Unless you got a tipple to go nicely with your feta I left the stilton in the sun, and now it's gone all sweaty I use parmesan shavings just like they were confetti If you're feeling a little peckish, then take a little share Of my gorgonzola stack and my wheel of camembert There, that should do the trick They say all yoghurts come from the same original ancestor Like hamsters, but less hairy Unless you leave it out for a week now, let me prepare you a little something. Hmm, what's this? Sauerkraut? Schnitzel? Ah, that's Schindler's shopping list. He should be popping to Lidl later. I must remind him to pick me up some rubber gloves and acid. Do you like radishes? Of course. Silly question, really. Here, have one. It isn't poisoned. Well, it is. I like my radishes like I like my women. Crunchy, and likely to cause kidney failure which is how I met my first wife, and also how we eventually split. Banana split. What came in the middle of those two points was highly erotic and contained many a tasty radish, all red and crunchy, just like my wife. I ended up pickling her as well. Can I get you a drink? They say red wine should be served at groin temperature, which is why I've strapped this bottle to my inner thigh. I only hope that it's that spilling out and not something gone wrong with me inner tubes. Is your hunger sated now? You're turning into quite a tiresome guest, aren't you? Perhaps I could prepare some baba ganoush. They say it's an aphrodisiac, but I suppose it depends on where you put it. I like mine smeared where the sun doesn't shine. Swansea. Let's continue the tour. For there is much to see. And even more on land. The rest of the building is quite cold compared to the kitchen. Here, have a gown, or two. And a helmet just in case that dragon is playing up again. He's a puzzle dragon. So when you feed him puzzle pieces, he digests them and excretes them completed. It's a wonderful gift, though it doesn't quite work with people. We've tried, believe me, we've tried. He's in quite a huff at the moment, as he's got reptile dysfunction. He's all out of puff, the poor devil. Here we are, back in the hallway. I'd like to say familiar ground again, but we've been suffering a bad case of the temporal anomalies in these parts recently. Old Mrs. Fothergill went out to water her pot plants last Sunday morning and ended up with the consumption in medieval France, which would have been fine if the county show wasn't next month and her prize marrow in need of a good hydration. Not only that, but they've done my floor a right disservice, I can tell you that. One moment you're flagellating across a nice shag pile, and the next you're up to your gooch in a Jurassic tar pit with a racist stegosaurus for company. And now, a short statement from the officious if not official board of inaccuracies. It should be explained at this point that it is factually inaccurate to postulate the existence of dinosaurs. It is well documented fact that God spunked the earth out no more than 6,000 years ago. No more. Therefore, the tar pit in question could only conceivably be a warm puddle of treacle dropped by a passing schoolboy, and the stegosaurus a St. Bernard wearing Mrs. Fothergill's crockery set. Ah, Mrs. Fothergill. We spent a summer vacationing in the Seychelles a few years ago. She discovered a new source of uranium, and I dropped my false teeth in the Mediterranean. We kissed. Ah, how we kissed. At least, I think we did. I couldn't quite tell, as I had my eyes shut, and she was under that veil. Hit him! A hypnotic correction, Pixie. Very nasty. I hit him in the abs, so that should slow him down for a while at least until the scavengers come to finish him off. Come now, let's find you a bedroom quickly. There should be one where the dust hasn't evolved into a sentient creature hell-bent on reaping vengeance on vacuum cleaners. This one should do. No, 
This can't be. This is my study. I haven't been in here since... You can still see the claw marks along the wall. And the blood stain on the rug. I think you'll be quite comfortable in here. Let me fluff your pillows for you. Fluff me up and fluff me down. Fluff, fluff, pillow. Mmm, nice pillows. If you should hear something screaming during the night, there's no need to worry. It's just the mice. Throw a hunk of meat down into the corner and you should be fine. They become quite horny during a full moon, as I'm sure we all do. Well, if that's all I can do, I'll bid you good night. Two, five, ten, fifty. Good night. I think there's someone at the door. Who's that knocking on the floor? I thought I saw a shadow at the window. There's somebody hiding in the corner. Although I think I'm not so sure now. Not sure whether it could be friend or foe. Any little thing can make you jump. A squeaking mouse or an errant trump. Anyone in the world can make a woo. The sound of a cat standing on a pin can make you jump out of your skin and leave the rest of your dinner in the loo. We watch you as you sleep and leave without a trace. Raise the hairs upon your neck and breathe upon your face. Pretend it wasn't there, the noise that caught your ear. Leaving nothing in the room but the distant smell of fear. A shadow behind the shadow, swallowed whole by death. Awakens in the silence, so listen for the breath. The house will always squeak, creak. You never dare to take a peek at the monster waiting just out of your sight. So burrow deeper under the cover, keep on praying for your mother. For here is the beginning of the night. give you a warning now because your host is very naughty. He's a very naughty man indeed. He kills people. He killed me. I died at his hum. Even now he sits there plotting in his lair. Come, I will show you. Follow me. We pull this book from the bookcase and it falls away, revealing a secret stairwell. Come, come, follow me, we're going down the stairwell. Whee! I must leave you here. I cannot go any further. This is already too far for me. I must return to the room. Good luck on your journey, traveller. Fight well. You arrive in a laboratory underground. You see the Count at the organ. He's playing away, as if nothing is wrong. In the corner, Igor is preparing a bath of acid, stirring it and tasting it with his little pinky. As you enter into the cobblestone dungeon, the Count finishes playing and turns around. He sees you. 
Ah, so you found me at last. Curiosity got the better of you, did it? Well, no matter, no matter. I was gonna kill you anyway. I'll have to kill you now. I take the blame, of course. I should never have let you come this far. Welcome to my lair. Well, listener, you have reached a crossroads in your destiny. Four paths lie in front of you. One must you choose. If you wish to take a bath in the acid, please track to minute 17. If you think that the Count looks suspicious and wish to duel him, please go to minute 19 and 16 seconds. If you think you can win the Count over with flirting, please go to minute 21 and 16 seconds. If you just want to get the hell out of there, go to 22 minutes and 43 seconds. Choose wisely, player. The Count sprinkles some salt into the bath and adds some matey, but no amount of foamy accessories will persuade you to dip your succulent toe. The surface bubbles with the aggressive fervour of an angry horse, and the steam that rises from the surface surrounds you in an acidic, choking smog. In all confusion, you've quite lost sight of the Count. Where could he be? But suddenly he reappears by your side, and with one hefty shove he launches you into the tub and its tortuous, acidic maelstrom. You twist and writhe in agony, screaming out for mercy. But it turns out that concentrated sulfuric acid is much harder to obtain than the Count ever first realised, and you've just fallen into a vat of regular malt vinegar, leaving you smelling a bit off. You stand up and step out of the bath, but as you do, you slip on the puddle of matey that has leaked from the bottle, smash your noggin into the bath side, and spill your brains out over the carefully laid towel for you to stand on to stop the floor getting wet. You die! to the sound of the Count's mournful, malevolent chuckles, for he is quite the maddest person you'll ever hope to meet. You will now join the legions of ghosts who forever haunt the manor, tormented, neglected, dejected and dead. This is the end for you, you silly old bean. Good luck in your life as a ghost. Remember to polish your ribs regularly. Don't visit the kennels and try not to walk in on someone taking a dump. It's awkward for both parties. The end. Naughty, naughty listener. No peeking at other timelines. You reach up and retrieve a sword from the wall, where two sabres inexplicably hang, but the Count shakes his head and indicates to his organ, which stands proudly in the corner. Understanding his meaning, you edge over to the instrument and take your position, seated to his left. 
he begins with an almighty deluge of organ flagellation. To which you reply with an equally impressive parry. A battle of organs ensues, and as you pick up speed your hands are naught but blurs, moving across the keys. You fight hard, but you are quite unfamiliar with the instrument, and your fingers start to bleed from the effort. Slowly, the Count takes charge of the situation, and with one almighty chord, he slumps over the keyboard in euphoric ecstasy. The sound wave issues forth from the pipes, and upon reaching your frail, human body, your head explodes, sending shards of skull over the new Persian rug. Mrs. Fothergill will be seething. You die, but are offered a posthumous record deal with Classic FM. The end. Shame on you. Stop, stop, stop. Now you look at him in the candlelight, you notice that the Count is like well fit or something. He's got big old biceps and a quiff that tells you he's a good lover. He still looks angry, so you lower your eyelids and blow a kiss at him, which he well likes and comes over all giddy. He ushers you over and you concede, swishing over with the lithe gait of a cat on heat. But just as you reach him and go in for a full on snog with tongues, he takes out a hacksaw and some chloroform and holds you down. This guy is proper weird. And as you wake up on the operation table, you begin to regret having visited the House of Horror and not staying in the car to wait for the AA man. You die. The end. You try to run, but you have shit for brains. So you fall over a footrest and into the roaring fire. You burn to death. The end. <laughs>